This is Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success with Stefan Horst and Dave Antiel. Welcome to the Performance Delivered, insider secrets for digital marketing success podcast, where we talk with marketing and agency executives and learn how they build successful businesses and their personal brand. I'm your host, Stefan Horst. The topic for today's episode is LinkedIn for lead generation. Here to speak with me is Alex Karagianides, who is the founder of BSM Vault, a social media and digital marketing agency built to serve real estate agents. Alex helps real estate professionals build their brand awareness and introduces automation software and processes to solve their problems with the ultimate goal to drive more leads. Alex, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. Thanks for having me. And you did a wonderful job with my last name, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I had Judas before I said that. <laughs> um, listen, Alex, before we, before we explore today's topics, um, I'd love to find out more about yourself. Tell our listeners a little bit about you. Um, how did you end up having your own agency? How did you end up in, in the marketing space? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's it's a it's a, it's an interesting journey that we're all on, and I never uh, I never had um, a dream or a vision of ever owning a marketing agency, but I've always had a dream and a vision uh, of being an entrepreneur. I come from a, a, a Greek family. I'm first generation Greek. I was born and raised in Chicago. My parents were uh, are immigrants. They're still alive. My parents are immigrants. Uh, when they came to Chicago, they didn't speak any English, so my first language was Greek. Um, and then I grew up in a, in a great, you know, North Side neighborhood in Chicago in a Greek community. A lot of different ethnicities all around us, and all I can remember growing up is just my, my parents working as hard as they could. They just had that really hard immigrant work ethic that you know even today it's just in my blood, you know, and I and I appreciate that so much being raised by them, but. You know, they uh, they didn't they didn't know what they didn't know. They came to the the states for a better opportunity and a better life. My dad was a professional soccer player in Greece, wasn't making any money back in those days. Came here thinking he was gonna do well here, but in United States, soccer is nowhere near as popular as it is around the world. Realized really fast he wasn't gonna make a living making soccer. Got into uh, being an entrepreneur. Never worked for anybody. Met my mom. Uh, and then the rest, as they say, is history. But I, I, I remember growing up just just seeing how hard my dad worked, how hard my mom worked. Um, they were always entrepreneurs. They always owned their own businesses. So I always knew I would own my own business one, one day. I always knew I'd be an entrepreneur. I just didn't know doing what and I didn't know when. So, yeah. you know, I'm growing up in Chicago. Great life. Everything's good. I end up making a move. I relocate to San Diego in 2002. I get to San Diego in 2002. I don't have a college degree. I dropped out of college. Um, I have work ethic. I know family businesses. I was around nightclubs. I was around restaurants, bars, fruit markets. So I know businesses, um, but I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't have a job. So I had to get a job. And the only job that I got that was easy to get was being a telemarketer uh, at a call center for, at that time, a mortgage company. So this is kind of how I got into the mortgage space. Uh, as a telemarketer. And today I could tell you it's the best experience I ever had, best training I ever had. Back then you asked me about, it, I'd say it's the worst job ever. <laughs> I was literally making 500 calls a day off of a predictive dialer six days a week. Back then we didn't have any laws and regulations and compliance issues like you, like you have today. So we were literally calling everybody from the East Coast first, all the way to the West Coast towards the end of the day. And um that's how I got in the business. That's how I got in the mortgage business. 
And around 2012, so I'm 10 years in the business at this time. I started in 02. So 2012, there was a there was a big pivot in my life and my career. I became a producing branch manager for a company. First time I was a branch manager, 10 years in the business. But I became a producing branch manager for a company in San Diego called the Veterans United Home Loans. Great company. And they only served veterans and active military families, and their niche loan was only VA loans. And, and I share the story because this was a big pivot for me because they bypassed the realtor, their model, and they went straight to the consumer. And they used social media, they used digital marketing, and they used call centers, the trifecta we call it. Five years later, you know, 15, 20 mastermind groups later, marketing mastermind groups specifically. Uh, a lot of my own personal money to join coaching groups and marketing groups to learn and grow. Um, I had enough confidence in myself. I had enough realtors that were trusting me to do their marketing that I decided to get out of the mortgage business. And I did 2017 and open up my company, BSM Vault, on October 2nd, 2017 to be exact. We officially opened. And now fast forward, what, another three and a half, four years later, um, the rest, as I say, is history. Alex, interesting what you just said. Um, you know, we obviously want to talk about LinkedIn today. And when I talk to prospects and even our clients, quite often they hear LinkedIn is too expensive for my company. Obviously, CPCs are relatively high. There is a general understanding or, or, or thought out there that LinkedIn works well for companies that have a lifetime value of plus $10,000. What are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm a big fan of LinkedIn. Um, I'm actually a big fan of all the platforms because, again, I'm going to go back to my two favorite words when I deal with my clients or just having consultations with people is leverage and being omnipresent. You know, when you can leverage technology and automation like we have today, which is unreal compared to how it was back in the days, we have access to so much today with technology and automation. When you can leverage, you know, videos and you can leverage all these platforms, LinkedIn specifically, to allow you to become omnipresent. Um, I think the, the, the KPI, the key performance indicator, what you just mentioned, CPC, the cost per click, I don't think it's as irrelevant as people make it look like it is once they start understanding what really marketing is, because I'll pay a much higher cost per click. I'll pay a much higher cost per lead all day long if I could build the value over time and get quality people coming into my world. Right at the end of the day, it's not really the cost per click and the cost per lead. We need to be that aware of, in my opinion. It's the cost per acquisition that's the most important KPI, in my opinion. And I think you mentioned this before when we were off air. I much rather pay a hundred dollars a lead and only get fifty leads as opposed to maybe getting a dollar a lead and getting five thousand leads. It's the same. It's the same number. You know, it's it's the same number. But the reason why I would rather pay way more for less is because I know I can convert out of those 50 quality leads at $100 a pop. I know I can convert 20%, right? You cannot convert 20% at a dollar lead at 5,000 leads because the quality of the lead is not going to be good. Now, going to LinkedIn, people say it's expensive. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't think it's expensive. I don't think it's expensive at all. I think, first of all, LinkedIn shouldn't even be a platform where you're running ads for uh, from in the beginning. I think it should be a platform that you use to create uh, more awareness. It's a great platform to create awareness as long as you're putting out content consistently. 
Um, you know, we like to use video content. That's what we do. We love video content. We love video marketing. As long as your content is relevant to your audience, man, you're not always selling. But the problem people have on LinkedIn, this is just my opinion, is everyone's trying to sell people something. So everybody's sick and tired of being spammed. Everyone's sick and tired of being solicited. People have to remember, even online, you got to build relationships. I think you have to build relationships even deeper. And I think it's even more important online because you lose the human touch. You know, we have Zooms. Yes, you could see each other face to face. And, you know, we have other ways to communicate virtually. But the reality is it's not not the same as me and you being at a coffee shop uh, off of Pacific Coast Highway over there on the West Coast, you know, getting to know each other and breaking bread. It's different now. So the more value you could build online, the better it's going to be. And there's no easier way to build value online than putting out really good content in the form of videos that's relevant to your audience, answering their questions, solving their problems, not just soliciting and selling. So that's my take on it. I think LinkedIn is a powerful, powerful platform. Powerful. And it's not just B2B, okay? Not just B2B, in my opinion. It's it's definitely B2C as well, but it's it's really P2P. I call it P2P, right? People to people, human beings to human beings. You know, yes, a lot of businesses use it for, for the obvious reasons. You could recruit, you could find people to hire. Um, you could obviously uh, prospect with Sales Navigator. There's a lot of great tools and great options. The targeting is phenomenal. Probably one of the best targeting platforms they have. I think they're pretty behind on the ads platform when you compare it to Google AdWords or you compare it to Facebook Ads Manager. But I think they're very far ahead when it comes to the targeting platform you have and the power you have with Sales Navigator. Um, But, you know, I just think a lot of people are doing it the wrong way. That's what I think, because I get solicited a lot and I and I and I want to help. I do. but I don't have time to help everyone. So uh, I just know how to do it differently. And we've had a lot of success here in our agency with using LinkedIn as an organic method to uh, to get our message in front of potential prospects. And in my world, it's mortgage and real estate professionals. And 30% of our business as an agency comes from LinkedIn. And I don't run any ads on LinkedIn. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, so Alex... Sorry, let me let me jump in here. I want to go yeah. back to what you, what you what you said before that people potentially are using LinkedIn the wrong way, right? So, do you think company or the advertising they do is too much in people's face? That companies that manage advertising are too impatient. You know, before before we started recording, you and I we talked about the fact that literally so many people from a B two B perspective talk about lead, 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 lead. But I mean, it's an intermediate goal, a lead. It, you don't have money in your bank when you have 100 leads. You have money in your bank when the leads go through the sales funnel and you close the deal at the end of the day. And as you said a second ago, you rather have less leads uh, that are qualified than having more leads because you know qualified leads generate sales at the end of the day. So is, is that a general problem or yeah. a challenge from your perspective? Yeah, I think you're spot on. I think a lot of companies and individuals – I think they're uh, they're in a rush to to get to the lead. They, they I hear this all the time: speed the lead, speed the lead, speed the lead. Um, but they forget that that lead is getting solicited in in every single direction possible. Right now, I think we're being solicited on a daily basis, three thousand times a day. I know that sounds crazy and it sounds a lot, but if you take radio advertisement, online advertisement, billboards, postcards, TV, you name it, YouTube, we are being solicited. 
24-7. Thank goodness we have something in our brain called the reticulator activator that, that allows us to block off mostly everything and only focus on what's really on top of our head. And that's really the only thing we pay attention to. But yeah, you're correct. Businesses and people in general are, are marketing. I'm not going to say it too aggressively. I don't, I'm, not a, I'm not against being aggressive as a marketer, but marketing is not selling. Marketing is getting people's attention. Marketing is making people aware of your service and product. And if you can make people become aware of your service and product in the top of the funnel, which that's what you're supposed to do. If you have three levels of a funnel, top, middle, and bottom, that's pretty universal, not just my industry, just everybody. The top is the widest for a reason, but you just want to make people aware. Once you make them aware of who you are and your service, we don't know what their sales cycle is. We don't know what part of their sales cycle they are in. What if they're in the beginning of the sales cycle and we're going straight for the close? What if they're in the beginning of the sales cycle and a sales cycle, like a, like somebody buying a house, it could be two years. <laughs> somebody opts in because they're interested or aware uh, of your ad or your service and they opt in. They could be in the beginning of a sales cycle that might take them two years to buy a house. So if all you're doing is trying to convert them to a deal, or a consultation, or get them in the car if you're a buyer's agent, or try to have them list with you if you're a listing agent, you might lose, you not might, you probably will lose that opportunity way before it gets to a point where they're even going to make a decision on who they're going to use. So I like, I like the style of educate, inform, inspire, entertain. And I like to bring people into my funnel and then I like to spend as much time in the middle of the funnel to nurture and marinate them and let them decide based on their sales cycle when and if they want to get to the bottom and have all my systems in place to convert at the bottom when they are ready. 99% of my sales is always the prospect asking me what is the next step. Very rarely do I even have to take the initiative uh, of, of taking that role of saying, this is how we get started. Because they always ask me, what is the next step? And I know when I do a good job in my world, when I get that statement asked to me, and it's typically almost 99% of the time, because I set things up on purpose, slow and methodical, so I can nurture and, and be top of mind and be that choice. Like there's no other choice. You know, I want to be that choice when they are ready. That's just that's just my style. So again, LinkedIn is a great platform, great platform because you have a lot of people on the platform. I think it's over 500 million active users. It could be way higher than that right now. Um, and you have groups and you have targeting and you have different businesses and you know what kind of companies they work for, what kind of volume they do, how long they've been doing what they're doing. You know, for me, it's prices because I work with mortgage and real estate professionals so I could target them. And I like to retarget people. I like the word omnipresent so much. Uh, and I use it so much in all my activities for myself personally, selfishly uh, to promote BSM Vault and me and my services and also selflessly to promote for my clients. I love, love, love retargeting. I love leading with education at the top of the funnel, retargeting and nurturing in the middle of the funnel and converting at the bottom of the funnel when the prospect is ready to move to the next step. So two things you just mentioned, I, I, I want to I pull out. Um, the first thing is, which I would kind of, combine as building relationships, right? So what you're talking about, funnel being white on top and then obviously getting narrower, um, 
you know, in the upper funnel awareness and in consideration middle part, it's about building a relationship. It's like, you know, my team here gets, gets tired of me using the same analogy, but I'm not a big analogy guy. So I, I use the same one because it works. It's like you go on a first date, you're not going after the first date down on your knee and saying, marry me, you know, one out of a hundred or 99 out of a hundred times, you're going to get, I don't know, a slap in the face or someone will just turn around and say, you're crazy. I'm out of here. Right. right. Um, and it's the same thing. You don't want to push a sales message onto people that have never heard of you. You know, they, they have, n they don't understand who you are, what your, what your advantages are over competitors, etc. what you're offering. So you need to warm that up. You need to be gentle with the messaging and then slowly but surely let information go in. Um, now, talk to me about, or talk to us about how you would do that. You know, how specifically um, would, would you do that? You talked about retargeting, but can you be a little bit more specific there uh, on, on how you would engage with people on the upper funnel? What kind of content are you using? What's the messaging there? And then when you move further down? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, this is my happy space, by the way. <laughs> so uh, I could talk to you for a long time. I know we're limited here, but I'll try to give uh, as much nuggets as I can. So number one, mo most people, when they come to me, to our agency, they think they have a leads problem. They think they have a Facebook ads problem. Um, most don't even run ads on Google. They don't, they're not aware how powerful Google is or YouTube. But when I do an audit, almost 100% of the time, I realize very fast that they don't have a leads problem or Facebook ads problem. They have a, a lack of a strategy problem, right? So all these ads from all these platforms, those are, those are technical skills that, that is probably 10% of the equation. 90% of the equation that moves the needle the most, in my opinion, is having a really strong methodology and a really good strategy. And for us, it starts, number one, before we even talk about the top of the funnel, it starts with who your target audience is, right? Who's your, we call it an avatar in, in our world, um, but for people listening, it's just who's your target audience? Who is your ideal client you want to serve? So if, if it's a realtor, do you want to serve buyers? Or do you want to serve sellers? And it's not as simple as just picking a lane because let's say I did pick a lane and I picked buyers. Okay, what is a subcategory of buyers? Is it a first-time buyer? Is it a veteran? Is it a doctor? Is it somebody relocating from uh, Seattle, Washington to Boulder, Colorado? Is it a flipper? Is it an investor? And the reason why that's important is because your target audience, you have to be very specific. And you can have multiple audiences. You can have multiple niches. You don't only have to have one. I teach this to realtors. Just because I tell a realtor you have to pick a lane, buy side or sell side, doesn't mean they can't work the other side. What it means is once you identify a target audience, an avatar, then that's going to help you create the message. The message that's going to get the attention of a first-time buyer that's a veteran is a very different message that's going to get the attention of a, of a doctor in L.A. that is a luxury buyer that's on his fifth home. It's very different messages. I cannot get the attention of a doctor with the same message that I'm putting out in front of a first-time buyer. So step number one, identify who your target audience is and go very, very deep. Pull back the layers of the onion. Same with a mortgage professional, right? If they're dealing with first-time buyers, it's a different message than if somebody who already owns a home and is looking to refinance. So once you understand who your target audience is and you got to go deeper, research what keeps them up at night, it's not about you or your services. 
It's not about me as an agency and my services. It's about my clients' needs and problems and what holes that need to be filled. So you have to do some recon work. You have to do some brainstorming. You have to do some research. What are the problems that you can solve? What are the goals that they are trying to accomplish? Then you put your message together. Your message then dictates your positioning assets. This is the foundation of what we call here the automation sales machine. Three phases, nine steps. The first phase is what I just told you, the foundation. Who's your target audience? What's the message? And then what are the positioning assets? A positioning asset could be a digital guide. It could be a webinar. It could be a video library. Those are called positioning assets for us. All three of those in the foundation phase have to be aligned and congruent. Then and only then do we go into the middle of our phase, which is the top of the funnel. So the middle for us is the top of the funnel, the middle of the funnel, the bottom of the funnel. We don't even touch the top of the funnel for us, for our clients, until the bottom foundation is set. Because what are we going to do at the top of the funnel if we don't have a message that's aligned with our target audience? What are we going to do if our message is not going to get their attention? That's when your cost per click um, is out of whack. That's when your cost per lead is out of whack. That's when the quality is not there and it's all quantity, right? So we want to avoid all that. So we start with the foundation, identify the target market, identify the message, going to get the target market's attention, put together positioning assets all in line. Now we are prepared to go to the top of the funnel. In the top of the funnel, we lead with education. We lead with a positioning asset, a digital guide, a lead magnet, a webinar series. Like I said, get them in. We're not going to sell them anything. There's no sales pitch. There's no call to action. Besides, opt-in here will give you this. In return, you're going to give us your information. We have them now in our world. They're in our ecosystem. In the middle of the funnel, it's all nurture. It's all nurture, nurture, nurture. Retargeting, retargeting, retargeting. We're continuing the conversation. If somebody opted in for a first-time home buyer guide, for example, the middle of the funnel is a series of videos that complement the first-time home buyer guide, right? So we're, we're, we're strengthening the not only the relationship, because the relationship is going to get strengthened by itself, um, assuming the prospect or the lead in this case wants it to grow. But what we're doing is we're increasing our brand awareness. We're increasing uh, our authority status, our celebrity status. We are being identified as the educator, as the expert in that marketplace for the service or product that lead potentially is looking at. And that's all we want to do. That's all that's, we want to do. I was just about to say that. So what you're actually doing is you're, you're providing value. You're not thinking about selling. You're providing value that, is, that, that helps your target audience to move forward. Yes. And, 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 and then what you're doing, and you use the word, then you're trying to become an expert. They need to, or they should see you as an expert. And because they perceive you and you are the expert or your client is the expert, it's a much easier, air quote, sell then, than coming from nowhere and selling, saying we are the expert about mortgage or whatever. Um, and, and, and just, you know, come to us. We, we have the solutions that you're looking for. Yeah, I agree 100%. I don't even like the term salesperson, personally. I'm, I don't even consider myself a good salesperson. A lot of people say I'm a great salesperson. I say I'm actually a great marketer. I'd rather be known as a great consultant and a great advisor. What we are is we're consultants and we're advising uh, the potential prospect and their family regarding their situation, the best options available. That's what we're really doing in a nutshell. Sales, sales is like you got to 
you got to use a tactic or you got to handle an objection and you have these scripts. That's just my mind of it. Like Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, ABC, always be closing. And that's actually a good movie. And I loved watching that movie. And I loved Boiler Room because I was a telemarketer and I run call centers now. And, I, and, I, and I'm not against all that. I love those movies for entertainment purposes. But the reality is um, I am a much better educator I'm a much better advisor and a much better marketer. And I'd rather be a much better all three of those any day than, than a salesperson. Yeah. Because if I do my job correctly, and it all starts from the beginning by identifying my target market and the message and my position asset, if I do that correctly and I educate properly and I'm constantly top of mind, omnipresent, and I leverage all the technology and automation we have access to, all the platforms we have access to, LinkedIn included, if I do that properly, I will get a percentage of the market. I will get a piece of the market. It's just by default, just by me being consistently out there. Obviously, I have to perform when I get a client. I have to serve them at the level I tell them I'm going to serve them and more, right? Assuming that all is a given, I will get a piece of my market. I just have to be patient. Most people aren't patient. When people come to me and they tell me they have a Facebook ads problem and I do an audit, the first thing I realize, I identify right away, they quit too soon. When somebody runs ads on Facebook, especially a real estate professional, and after two months they quit, I say it's impossible for you to get exponential growth if you stop running ads. I'm not saying you can't get lucky and get a deal in a month or two. I'm not saying that. But the real magic happens over time because you get access to better data. You can retarget more. You get more quality, not quantity, especially on Facebook. Because Facebook, in my opinion, they're all window shoppers. Facebook is a great platform and Instagram is a great platform because we have access to people that are socializing and that's what they do there. But it's a horrible platform to try to generate leads from. In my opinion, when you want to generate leads the right way online, it's a long-term play, first of all. Number one, Number two, you attack Google and YouTube first because Google and YouTube are search engines, the two biggest search engines in the world. And everybody on Google is searching for something. Everybody on YouTube is searching for something. And if you understand what your keywords are and your demographics, especially in my world uh, with mortgage and real estate, you could actually put your billboard, which is an ad or a video, whatever you want to call it, you can put that in front of people and then retarget those people on Facebook and Instagram and then stay top of mind and put out a lot of good content in the form of videos on LinkedIn. That's our trifecta. LinkedIn on top, Google and YouTube in the bottom right, Facebook and Instagram in the bottom left. Then you got the consumer in the middle. We just want to like overlap them everywhere and become omnipresent. So hopefully that made sense. <laughs> no, that makes that makes sense. One thing you also mentioned earlier, and it kind of goes in line with what you just said, is a sales cycle. Um, yeah. I think a lot of companies forget to keep in mind how long the sales cycle is. And that differs from industry to industry. You know, look, I, I used to run the uh, the performance marketing for two big Korean car manufacturers uh, here in the US. And it was around about six months from, from a person first starting their journey and looking at, oh, I want to buy a new car, to them going to a lot and, you know, signing a lease document or signing a sales document there. And I think the same happens with, with other companies it's like they need to identify how long will it take them on average to convert someone you know yeah. from when you first touch them with upper funnel information then when they become a lead and how long does the lead need to become a sale at the end of the day and i see there's many companies that give up too early and say well you know what 
tried it for a month, didn't convert, bad lead. But on average, as an example, you know, they might have a three months lead, you know, cycle from lead to sale. So they're giving up too early and therefore their, their decision, their data or their, yeah, is based on incomplete information at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Uh, there's, uh, there's also something else that we need to touch on that, that people aren't aware of and don't appreciate either. It, it takes between 8 and 12 attempts to follow up on a lead to even have one conversation. And, and this is, and I could be off by a little bit. It could be more than that. When I say I'm off, it could be more attempts to have a conversation. And the reason why um, I want to mention this, it's a big deal. I ran call centers and I'm running a call center now. And the the thing that people don't realize, especially the industry that I work in, real estate and mortgages, most, most sales professionals stop following up on a lead after the second no contact. They move on to the next lead. Okay. Most conversations don't even begin until after the eighth to 12th contact attempt. So just, just maintaining consistency and staying in it for the long haul by default, almost 95% of your competition is gone. So let's start there first, right? The, the, the person that follows up on the lead, the longest has the best chance of having a conversation with the lead. Let's start there, right? So everybody listening, make sure whatever lead campaigns you have in motion, uh, it's a combination of calling, texting, email, and retargeting, goes out for the long haul. For us, we never stop following up a lead until they opt out. If they don't opt out, they're going to be on a follow-up uh, campaign. In the beginning, way more aggressive for the first week, and then it kind of backs off. But we're always following up. We always have campaigns in motion. We use a combination of calling. We use call centers. So we have, you know, telemarketers and we call them ISAs that call. We do text. We do email. And we do retargeting on Facebook and Google. We do all four. So whoever's listening, make sure that is in place. And then to just touch on what you said, yes, absolutely. The sales cycle is very different for consumers in all kinds of industries. You know, real estate, you could have a long sales cycle. Perfect example, my wife and I were looking in an area in San Diego when we lived there to move to this area called Mission Hills, which is a nice, you know, urban area. We didn't move to Mission Hills. It took us five years from the day we identified Mission Hills as an area we wanted to move to. And that day is when my wife started looking at Zillow and Redfin and Trulia, looking at properties online. And that data is sold. I know it's sold. Because uh, I'm in I'm, I'm in the marketing world. Guess how many realtors follow up with my wife in five years? Zero, none. Five years later, I mean, our sales cycle is long, right? And if anybody did follow up with her, they would not have kept following up, probably. But nobody followed up. It took her five years for us to move. Same thing happened when I moved to Colorado from San Diego. I got out of the mortgage business, 2017. Opened up BSM Vault. I could do this anywhere. My wife and I decided, you know what? We're going to relocate. We're going to raise our kids somewhere where there's seasons and mountains and nature. And we ended up moving to Colorado. It took us two years before we moved from San Diego to Colorado. In that two-year period, no realtors followed up with my wife. Zero. All right? So people don't have to understand. You're right. The sales cycle is different for all industries. Understand the sales cycle and the timeframes within the sales cycle because that can determine a lot of your follow-up sequences, when to be aggressive, when to be passive, when to be right in the middle. 
But but remember the beginning when the lead comes in, lots of contacts, lots of outflow. Outflow equals inflow. Outflow yeah. equals inflow. I teach that to yeah. all my reps. The more outflow we have, like a boomerang, the more inflow comes back. That makes sense. That makes sense. Look, Alex, I mean, we wanted to talk about LinkedIn. Sorry, for this, was LinkedIn, this was um, a LinkedIn topic, and I didn't really give you any <laughs> much notes of votes about LinkedIn. But I think I think the fundamentals of marketing can be used on any platform, LinkedIn included. Again, for me, LinkedIn, I look at it more of it's an opportunity to put a platform, to use a platform where you could create content. More people need to create better content on LinkedIn that you can redistribute on all other channels. I love videos personally. So if you look at my LinkedIn uh, activity thread and my posts, the majority, if not all of them are videos. And we post every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And we get good, good, good engagement. We get good comments. We get good likes. But at the end of the day, all I care about is branding and awareness. And I can't tell you how many times I get about 20 demos slash sales calls. I don't call them sales calls, but that's, that's what they are. They're more discovery calls for me. I get about 20 on average, 25 sometimes a week. So about 80 to 100 a month. And 30% come from LinkedIn uh, organically, right? So they come in from LinkedIn, they, they, they listen to my videos, they watch my stuff, they, they click something, they opt in, they get into my funnel, then they end up in my calendar at some point or another. So um, yeah, I wish I could talk more about LinkedIn. I know this was the theme, but I think you and I just could talk about any subject that relates to marketing. Yeah, I think, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, right? What we talked about can be just taken and information and, and used in your LinkedIn advertising. I think to, to boil it all down, it's about don't just focus on the sales aspect. You know, don't hit people with a hammer over the head with a sales message the first time you engage with them, right? Warm them up, build a relationship and give value before you are trying to kind of, you know, generate a lead and make sure that you know exactly what your sales cycle is. You know, don't expect people to convert from one day to another day if your sales cycle is half a year or a year. Take that in consideration at the end of the day. Alex, thank you for joining the Performance of that podcast um, and sharing your thoughts on much more than, than just LinkedIn. If people want to find out more about you and your company, how can they get in touch? You know, my, my website is, is, is the best place. Um, you know, I have all my social media profiles on there. I have a great video library. I do blog articles every week. So, you know, I urge anybody that wants to learn more, not just about our services, uh, about our methodology and our systems and our strategy. Go to my website at bsmvault.com. That's B as in boy, S as in Sam, M as in Mary. Vault like a bank vault, V-A-U-L-T. Um, I urge you guys to check out the video library, the blog articles, good information that could help anybody grow and scale their business as it relates to digital marketing and putting systems together. And then, you know, from there, the conversation will happen when it's meant to happen. <laughs> um, but I appreciate you bringing me on. I really do. I'm going to end with one last thing. You can never go wrong when you can lead with education and good content. That's for any business. Content is king. That's been around forever. I think relevant content uh, today is more important than ever. So just make sure your content's relevant to your audience. That's a great closing statement. Um, thanks everyone for listening. If you like the Performance of podcast, please subscribe to us and leave us a review on iTunes or your favorite podcast application. If you want to find out more about Symphonic Digital, you can visit us at symphonicdigital.com or follow us on Twitter at SymphonicHQ. Thanks again and see you next time. Performance Delivered is sponsored by Symphonic Digital. 
Discover audience-focused and data-driven digital marketing solutions for small and medium businesses at SymphonicDigital.com.